Come on, let's see. In just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. In just one word, then darkness has to retreat. In just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. In just one touch, my eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can move. Oh, praise the name. It makes a way There's nothing that our God can't do In just one word You heal what's broken inside me In just one word And you revive it
Lord, that you would receive our worship, Lord. Amen. Come on, we sing it together. Come on to say. Because I count on one thing. The same God who never failed will not fail me now. He won't fail me now when the waiting. The same God who's never late is working on things out. You're working on things out. Oh, yes, I will. Come on. In the lowest valley, yes, I will. Bless your name. Yes, I will. Sing for joy when my heart is heavy. Sing it together. We're going to say, yes, I will. 
Bless your name in the lowest valleys. Amen? Because that's where it's all about. Amen? We'll declare it together. Come on. Sing it. Oh, yes, I will. In the lowest valley, yes, I will. Bless your name. Sing it. Come on. Oh, yes, I will. When my heart is heavy. choose to praise, Lord. When my heart is heavy, Lord, I choose to praise. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I will. Yes, I will, Lord. Declare, Lord, you are king of my life. Yes, I will say, Lord, that you are good despite anything else. Lord, you are good. Let's sing this together, church. Come on. He has amazing love for us. We sing it. Amazing love, come on, that comes me, the kindness of mercy that bought with blood, that bought with blood, wholeheartedly, my soul undeserved. Come on, let's tell him, God, you're so good, sing it, and God, come on. You're so good. We declare it together here today. God, yes, you are. You're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to
Mission this life brings suffering. Oh my gosh. Lord, I will remember. Come on. What Calvary has bought for me. Both now. Both now and forever. We remember that sacrifice and we sing it together. Say, God. That's right. Come on, sing it. God, you're so good. Yes, he is. He's so good. God, you're so For the goodness that you have given each of us, Heavenly Father, we give you praise in this place. We sing out right now, God, you are so good. We are blessed. We are healed. We have been transformed beyond all imagination. (laughs) We don't deserve it. And you are so, so good. We just give you praise and honor and glory in this place right now. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness that you are. Because you were so good. Woo, that was powerful. Man, wasn't that a powerful song? The truth of that song. 
I am blessed. I am healed. I am whole. I have been transformed in Jesus' name. There's no doubting that power because by his blood, by his grace, you stand right now on holy ground. Amen. He is so good. Let's just give him praise one more time. I don't want that worship to end. Church, tonight is communion night. So if you want to remain standing, that's fine. If you want to have a seat, that's fine. You should have received these little cups on your way in so we can take communion. You know, in this time of year, we celebrate Easter. And we we talk about Jesus dying on the cross and how he died for each of our sins. And communion is just another way to remind ourselves of that very sacrifice that Jesus made for us. It's an important way that we, in our daily walk, in our walk with Christ, it's an important way that we take in and understand and continue to acknowledge what Christ did for us on the cross. You see, this very sacrifice of him laying his life down for us on the cross, that is exactly what makes us Christians. That is what we believe. It is at the very core of who we are as Christians. Because he died for us, we have been redeemed. And this act of communion is one way that we can acknowledge the great sacrifice that he has made for us. It's a beautiful metaphor that we take and put into practice. And we take it into our being so we can take upon ourselves the redemption that he has given us, the forgiveness that he has laid down for us, and the promises that he has made. It's not just us that do this, right? The disciples themselves went through this very same process. They themselves took the bread and drank the wine. And at that time, they may not have fully comprehended what they were going through, but when they went through these steps, it was for the very same reason that you and I go through this process today. The one thing I don't want you to do as we take communion today is to think that it's just another step, just something else that we do as Christians. We just come to church. We just pray. We just take communion. But this is your acknowledgement of who Jesus Christ is and his transforming power in your life. It is one way for you to acknowledge and put your trust in him because he is present right now and he is present in this little cup as commercial as it may look. It means that we eat and drink those things that he has promised us. And those promises are that he would forgive our sins, like he says in Matthew 26. It means that he would be present with us as we walk, that he would nourish us and and satisfy us, and that he would strengthen us, that we would grow, and that we would persevere in the walk he has before us. Today is your opportunity to put trust in God. So as we prepare to take this communion, let's just say a prayer so that we could prepare our hearts to take in the greatness that is his sacrifice. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today, Lord. We are taking this communion, but we are not taking it lightly. It is not just another thing that we do, Heavenly Father. It is 
an acknowledgement of all that you have done for us. It is an acknowledgement of the fact that you laid down your life to redeem us. For you gave your only begotten son that whosoever believed would not perish but have everlasting life. And today we acknowledge what you have done for us. Lord, I pray that you prepare us heart, mind, and soul to engage in this communion exercise, that we not take it lightly, that we do it understanding and acknowledging what it means. Thank you, Lord. Each one of us comes into this church in a different place, in a different mind space. Would you be with us in our different ways, in our different needs? Would you meet us where we're at and bring us to the foot of your cross? Lord, forgive us for those things that we have done that go contrary to your will and your purpose, that we would take this communion with a clean heart. Lord, help us. Help us be ready. Help us in our uncleanliness. Help us in our unforgiveness and help us in our unfaithfulness that we acknowledge who you are, what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You may eat the bread. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You may drink the wine. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. You are so, so good. There's no denying how good he is to you. Oh, would you sing that one more time, Pastor Michael? Church, just declare that. He is good to you. The things that he has done in your life is incomparable. And the things that he will do in your life is just as equally incomparable. Would you tonight just trust him and say, thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done. For you are so, so good. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all the good things that you have done in my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the good things that you have in progress right now. Things that I cannot comprehend. Things that I would not imagine that anyone would ever do for me. Like laying down your life for me as you have done 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for those promises right now that we proclaim, those promises of forgiveness, those promises of perseverance and of healing. We thank you right now for those things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, it is good to see you in God's house today. Would y'all just turn to someone and say, welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen. Good evening, New Beginnings family. How we doing tonight? We doing good? Man, church, I'm so excited to be here on a Wednesday night. And before we get started with anything else today, we got a couple quick announcements for you guys. Real quick, uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church. And one of the things that we do here every single year is our annual New Mexico West Texas Youth Camp. It is one of the, it's actually the biggest youth event of the year every year, and it's an amazing, amazing experience. And if you don't already know about it, if you're not already registered, uh, camp this year is May 29th through June 2nd, Monday through Friday, so parents, you get a nice little week-long break. It's for students who are just now finishing third grade, going into fourth grade next year, all the way up to our students who are graduating high school. So fourth grade on up is eligible to go to camp. And we are super excited for it. If you want more information on how to register, uh, come see me at the little desk right over here outside of the youth room after service. I'll be there. And we've got plenty of brochures, plenty of pamphlets. And also we can let you know about our fundraising opportunities. Uh, Many of our students here at at New Beginnings Church fundraise for themselves through World's Greatest Chocolates. I'm sure you might have probably bought a couple from kids in the mall before. Uh, really great chocolates, really great program that we have. So I want to encourage you guys, come see me at that table, and let's talk about camp this year. We're really excited for it. And up next, on April 1st, uh, there's going to be a cruise for Christ. Any of, anybody in here ride motorcycles? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, we got a couple. We got a couple. There we go. We got the event for you. Cruise for Christ. Rep, uh, re, or it's not just motorcycles, but it's also vehicles. Represent your love for Christ by decorating your vehicle and taking a cruise down Central. It's going to be April 1st. Everyone will meet up on Tramway and Central at 10 a.m., and it will end over at Unser. And there is no registration, no fees. Just show up, and it's going to be an amazing event. Can you guys imagine a nice long convoy of cars and motorcycles all decked out for Jesus? It's going to be beautiful going down central. We could pray all the way down that long road. So be there again. That's Saturday, April 1st. Y'all, that's this Saturday. It's already April, man. We're already there. That's crazy. Power scooter, Sister Bobby. I'm sure we could tie you to the back of a truck or something. That'd be great. (laughs) Oh, I love you guys so much. (laughs) Frontline Resurrection also is Frontline Resurrection is currently in the process of trying to open up a recovery ranch. Uh, It's a home for women who are in recovery, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that Frontline Resurrection does. Yes, thank you, guys. We love what you do. And so they hope to have their house open on May 1st. 
and so I believe that's, Tomas, is that this Sunday that you guys are doing this? This Sunday, we will be sell, they will be selling Frito Pie out in the mall. So come with a little bit of extra cash, and let's support the work that Tomas and Renee are doing with Frontline Resurrection. It's an amazing ministry. So this Sunday, out in the mall, there's going to be uh, Frito Pie for sale, and I hear it's going to be delicious. So come on by and support Frontline Resurrection with that. And also, family, last but not least, uh, it's already April, y'all. We have Good Friday coming up and Easter Sunday, and we are so excited for it. Our Good Friday service will happen April 7th at 6 p.m. right here at New Beginnings Church. Our Easter Sunday service is uh, April 9th. That's on a Sunday also. Uh, Sunday, April 9th at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We want to make sure that you know about this so that way you can uh, invite a friend, invite a neighbor, invite family. You know, Easter is the number one most attended service in churches in America. And so let's pack the house out, invite as many people as you can. It's going to be an amazing, amazing service. But church, of course, none of this could be possible without your faithfulness in our tithes and offerings. We want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in that mandate that we get from Scripture. And uh, we have a couple different ways to give here at New Beginnings Church. You can do so through the tithing boxes located in all four corners of our sanctuary. Or you could do it through our app called NBCABQ or through our website, nbcabq.com forward slash give. All of these different online platforms are fast, they're safe, they're secure, they're wonderful. But if you'd rather do it, you know, old school pen and paper, we got plenty of envelopes right outside those doors in the mall ready for you. So thank you so much, church. And now would you do me a favor and help me welcome the man of the hour, our senior pastor, Richard Mansfield, to the stage. Thank you all so very much. Cindy and I greatly appreciate all your love and prayers. You know, it's been a journey. Uh, some of you that were here Sunday, you already heard it, but uh, I had a hip replacement surgery uh, on January the 20th, and three weeks later, I had to go back into the hospital for a second surgery because I developed what's called a hematoma, and that's a conglomeration of blood that's not absorbed by the body and it turned out to be the size of a football that was above my hip above the incision and so I had to go into the knife a second time and that really set me back and so it's taken me a lot longer than I thought to I thought I'd already be dancing I'm just going like swaying <laughs> but uh on behalf of Cindy and I Thank you so much. You guys have been amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You've, you've shown that love through your prayers, your cards, phone calls. Uh, they had a food, food train? Meal train. Meal train. A meal train, and people were ringing food, and oh, my gosh. And I told Cindy, I wonder if they're having a competition because every meal was always, it was delicious and then it'd get better and better and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? I want to thank uh, our staff for doing such an amazing job. All of our volunteers have been phenomenal. 
I want to thank uh, Pastor Jaime Cervantes that came down from Michigan to fill the pulpit on a Sunday. Pastor Michael and Brother David, our youth minister, preaching every Sunday. I want to thank the Wednesday night ministers that preach, Pastor Eddie, Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chris, Tomas, uh, AJ, Roxy. They just really hit it out of the park. They did an amazing job. And so uh, I hope I haven't forgot anybody. If I have, please forgive me because I didn't write these names down, but God sure has, and he's seen your hard work. And really, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, man, but let's get into the word, amen? Um, just to let you know that uh, I'm, I'm still a fall risk is what the doctor said. So he said, look, I'm going to give you the green light to go back to work. He goes, because I know you're a boots on the ground kind of guy, and you're going crazy not being able to be with your church. And you're going crazy not preaching. So I'm able to preach. I'm not able to go among you yet. He doesn't want someone to accidentally knock me down or someone to come up here and grab my hand and end up pulling me down without you realizing it because I might lose my balance. So if uh, you try to come up and they stop you, don't take it personal uh, because, man, I want to hug all you so bad. I, you know me, I'm a hugger, man. So here it goes. Ugh, I love you guys so much. And the youth, we love you guys. You guys are dismissed to go just tear it up for Jesus in your own area. All I know is that uh, Sunday is a fundraiser, and Tomas said that the chili beans are probably the best chili beans he's ever eaten in his life. He was willing to sacrifice himself to taste them ahead of time to make sure none of us died or anything, you know. <laughs> but he did. He said, oh, my gosh, Pastor, these jelly beans are phenomenal. So Frito Pie Sunday, for six bucks, you get a big old Frito Pie and a drink. If you don't want a drink, just Frito Pie, five bucks. You can't beat it any place. All right, let's get into the Word. We're doing this sermon series called God's Solution to Stress. I'm glad that the Wednesday night service, none of you are stressed out. But I understand like first and second service, we got a lot of people that are stressed out. All kidding aside, look, life happens, amen? And life has a way of knocking us off of our feet sometimes. And I've been doing this series on Psalm 23, And today we're going to look at verse 4 of Psalm 23. And in that passage, he's talking about the dark valley. And he says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. And comfort me. Lord Jesus, minister to us. Speak to us. Help us understand your solution for dark valleys, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let me tell you something. Some people only want sunshine. They never want rain. You know what sunshine without rain is? It's the desert. (laughs) You got to have rain. There's a balance. There's a little bit of everything. 
And we need to understand that. And I'm going to take a commercial break here to say, Pastor Sonia, thank you for the beautiful rose you gave me on Sunday. I'm sorry I failed to mention that. I just love that girl. And she spoiled me with this beautiful lapel rose. And I thought I was like, orale, I am him. Okay, but look, all sunshine without rain is a desert. And we have to have that balance. We've got to understand that dark times mature our life. Life is a constant mixture of pain and pleasure, victory and defeat, success and failure, mountaintops and valleys. And we have to understand that all of those things shape us into the men and women of God that we are. And we need to understand that there really is, in real life, there is a valley of the shadow of death. And it's a very, very steep and deep, narrow valley. And the sun only hits the bottom ground at high noon when the sun is straight up. Otherwise, the bottom is dark. Yet, it casts a shadow. There's a shadow. And a shadow is only cast when what? The sun is shining. So you got to understand, even if though you might be walking through a dark valley right now, I'm telling you, God's light is still shining down on you, and it's there with you, and it's there to protect you. Valleys usually refer to rough times. If people say, how you doing? Oh, I'm in a valley right now. They don't mean like, oh, I'm in a valley of good times. They mean, oh, this is not good. In the Bible, it talks about a lot of different kind of valleys. It talks about, first of all, these are just the ones I'm going to point out. But there's the valley of calamity. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 26, it says, they piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. And this is why that place is called the valley of trouble, the valley of calamity ever since, so that the Lord was no longer angry. See, Achan had hid some stash. They had, they, the, the people of Israel had won this battle and God said, everything, get rid of everything. Don't hold on to anything. But Achan was greedy and he was like, oh man, I want to stash a little bit. No one will know anyway. And man, God knew. How many of you know you can't hide it from God? Amen. Oh, sometimes we think we can, huh? We're all smooth and we think, ooh, I got away with it. And God's going, yeah, yeah, I'm letting you get away with it. But don't you understand? I already convicted you. You, you know it's wrong. The reason you're all there sneaky is because you know it's wrong. The Holy Spirit's saying, you know you're messing up, huh? Yeah, yeah, but don't tell, don't tell my overseers. Don't, don't tell those people that are my accountability. Don't tell my mentors. Don't tell, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell. And I'm telling you, <laughs> the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to deal with you. There's, there's valleys of calamity. There's also valleys of weeping. Look at Psalm 84, verse 6. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs. The autumn rains will clothe it with blessing. It's saying there is a valley of weeping, but God turns those things around. He turns them around. There's a valley of trouble. Look at Hosea chapter 2, verse 15, and it says, I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Isn't God awesome? He turns our trouble into hope. 
She will give herself to me there. And she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. He's saying, man, don't you get it? He goes, I'm going to bring you through the valley of trouble. The trouble, the valley of weeping, the valley of calamity. And then there's a valley of dark, deep darkness. The valley of the shadow of death. The valley that sometimes some of you might be going through right now. And look at the promise he gives us. We're back in Psalm 23, verse 4. He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley. He says, we are going to walk through it. But you don't stop there and you don't park there and you don't sleep there and you don't stay there and you don't sit there. You keep walking. Don't stop. There's a song by Ron Canoli. I love this singer. And it's an old song. But it says, if you catch hell, don't hold it. If you're going through hell, don't stop. And I just love that. Don't catch hell, don't hold it. You've heard people, how you doing? Oh, I'm catching hell. Let it go. Uh, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm going through hell. Well, keep going. Don't stay there. Even when I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not be afraid for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. So what do I want to talk about today? I want to talk about God's solution for dark valleys. And the very first thing I want to talk about is things to remember about dark valleys. When you are going through dark valleys, you've got to hold on to this. You've got to realize this. And the very first thing is this, that valleys are inevitable. In other words, they're going to happen. Dark valleys are going to take place. You're going to be happy. You're going to be go lucky. You're going to be having a good old time and boom, something happens. Hasn't that ever happened to you? You're just going like, man, God is good. We just sang the song, God, you're so good. Boom! What happened, God? I thought you were good. God is good. The devil's not. God is a God of mercy. The devil isn't. Valleys are going to happen. That's why I always, I don't mean it jokingly, but I really believe that John 1633 ought to be a refrigerator magnet scripture. I have told you all this so that you have peace in me because here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And that's a promise. He's saying, you're going to have heartaches. You're going to have headaches. I talked to someone and I said, how was your Monday? They go, it was a Monday. Have you ever had a Monday on a Tuesday? You ever had a Monday on a Friday? You're like, well, what day of the week is it? Every day is a Monday. Oh, my gosh. You know what? You're either coming out of valley. You might be smack dab in the middle of a valley. Or you might barely be entering one. But I'm here to tell you, after every mountaintop, there's a valley. And you have to have victory. You're going to have sickness and you're going to have sorrow. You're going to have suffering. You're going to have frustration. You're going to have fatigue. But in the name of Jesus, rise up, O man of God. In the name of Jesus, rise up, O woman of God. Because the victory is yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. 
Exodus 14, 14, stay calm and I will fight for you, says the Lord. Man, you don't understand. <laughs> stay out of it, Siri. And then maybe, maybe some of you don't understand, okay. Valleys are inevitable. Another thing is valleys are unpredictable. I just said it earlier, but man, you can't predict it. In the book of Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 20, it says, waves of destruction roll over the land until it lies in complete desolation. Suddenly, my tents are destroyed. In a moment, my shelters are crushed. Haven't you ever had a situation like that? When suddenly happens, when you're just enjoying life and suddenly the tents are destroyed. Never forget, we had a real strong winds about a year ago. And it was a, a, a real pretty day the day before. And the next day, it was one of those days where it's snowing and windy. And then, and then later the sun comes out. But it, we had a big opinion tree right in part, uh, you know, planted right there next to our driveway. And man, it was windy, windy, windy. And I look out the kitchen window and the tree is no longer standing perfectly straight. It's on top of my vehicle. And I'm like, oh, Cindy, the pignon tree's on top of the car. Man. I was like, oh, well. Dun, dun, it's over. <laughs> It's unpredictable. Life's unpredictable. Thank God there wasn't any damage to the car. Got a chainsaw and cut that tree up, and I'm expecting a big old dent, and it was just a little scratch here and there, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Because, see, let me tell you something. Valleys are unpredictable. You can't plan them. You, don't, you, you can't time them. They come at the worst time. When you least expect it. Can you imagine if you could plan a, 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 a problem? Okay, uh, Friday morning at 10 a.m., I'm going to get a flat tire. <laughs> no, man, you get a flat. You're like, oh, no, I'm late for work as it is. And you get a flat. Any of you ever run out of gas? Ooh, I'm notorious for that. It's like you never run out of gas at the right time. Valleys come quickly. Valleys come fast. A good day can go bad that quick just with a phone call. You're all happy. The phone rings. Hello. What? No, don't tell me that. Or you open up a letter and you go, what? Or you go to the doctor and you go, what do you mean? You found what? Or some freak accident takes place. Valleys are unpredictable. Valleys are also impartial. Valleys come to the rich and the poor, the known and the unknown, the educated and the uneducated. Valleys just, they don't, they don't pick and, and choose and, and pick on the downtrodden. Valleys come to everybody. You could be famous and valleys come. You could be 
infamous and valleys come. You could be just without any kind of money. You could be dirt poor, valleys come. You could be filthy rich, valleys come. You could just, look, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter five, verse 45, it says right there, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. In other words, God doesn't say, okay, only the Christians are gonna get sunlight. No, he sends the sun to evil and good people, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. See, God, in other words, is impartial. It's gonna happen to anyone and everyone. So don't think like, oh, why does everyone always pick on me? Don't be like the song back in the 60s, Charlie Brown. Why is everybody always picking on me, Charlie Brown? You remember that song? Some of you do. Okay, come back here to the church, okay? I'm sorry I sent you there. Some of you guys are going, what? Google it later after church. The song is Charlie Brown. But everyone has problems. The good, bad, and the ugly. And if you have problems, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you're a human being. You gotta understand that. And when we go through the valley, we usually have a we usually find ourselves saying, Why me? Why me? Why me? We ought to just say, Why not? I guess it was just my turn. It's just life. Life happens. Remember there used to be a bumper sticker when people had bumper stickers and it said life happens. Okay, it didn't say life, but I'm not gonna say what it said on there. But it just said life happens. Another thing we need to understand about valleys is they're temporary. Valleys don't last forever. Some of you were going through a valley. It's the end of the world. No, it's not. The world's still going. You, you made it. I'm going to die. You didn't die. You made it. It was a hassle and it was a drag, but you made it through because they don't last forever. First Peter chapter one, verse six says, so be truly glad. This is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many, many, many trials for a little while. Man, but joy comes in the morning. Joy is about to break through. Joy is going to happen. Man, if you've ever worked a graveyard shift and you're out working outdoors, and man, between four and five in the morning is the hardest time, man. Your body's shutting down. Your body's going, what are you doing out here at this hour working? You're supposed to be asleep. And you're like, hey. And all of a sudden, you start seeing the, the, the light of the sun barely breaking through the darkness. And you're like, oh, yeah, baby, the sun's about to come out. And then it finally breaks through, and it breaks through the Sandia Mountains, and you're like, oh, yeah, baby, joy comes in the morning because they don't last forever. They don't last forever. It's kind of like a tunnel. The, the more you go into the tunnel, the darker it gets. But if you keep going through, let me tell you something, there's light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train coming at you. It's the hope of glory waiting for you. Pain could be productive. Pain could be productive. It can make you stronger. It's, it's hard to understand that. Look, I came up here on Sunday, and I'll be honest with you, first service, I was like paranoid, like, God, am I going to be able to stand the whole time? 
And that's why that stool's back there. Just in case I can't make it, I got a stool I can, I can, I can go back on. And so far, I've been doing okay. But man, by the end of the second service, and when I finally got home, I was like, oh my gosh, man, I feel like I've been running all day. My legs were tired. And then on first thing Monday morning, I had physical therapy, and they worked me hard, man. And they go, Pastor, we got to get you, we got, Easter's coming, you got to be strong. And I'm there going, ah, yeah, ah, shut up, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, but, but, but you know what? Through that pain, what do they say? No pain, no gain? But isn't that the truth? Your marriage is stronger because you've gone through some situations that now that you look back on, you laugh at. And you go, you remember when we used to fight over the toilet paper? Does it go this way or that way? You remember when we used to fight over the toothpaste? Do you squeeze or do you roll? You just buy two separate tubes here. Do whatever you want with it. (laughs) But look, valleys have a purpose. Valleys have a purpose. In 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 6, especially the second half of verse 6 and then verse 7, it says, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And though your faith is far from precious than mere gold, your faith is far more precious, rather, than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. You're going to be shining there, and God's going to say, yes, my son and my daughter, I saw what you went through, and I saw how you came through, and I'm celebrating because you're standing strong today. God wants to build your faith in the valleys of life. He wants to make you strong, so don't Don't even, I mean, we don't even need God when things are going great. I mean, we really do, but we don't think we do. If things are going phenomenal, do you just say, oh, God, help me, help me. Things are going phenomenal. Please, God. No, you don't even think about it. You just say, yeah, everything is going good. Thank you, Jesus. But when things are going tough, oh, God, God, God. Every every problem has a purpose. Faith is built in the valleys. God allows valleys in our life to build up our character. He uses those moments for good. So we got to remember that. Another thing we have to understand is things that we need to do when we're going through a valley. When you're going through a valley, the first thing you need to do is refuse to be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Don't do it. He says, I will fear no evil. He's saying, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear any evil. I'm going to make a choice. You give me power, and I'm going to walk through this problem. I'm going to walk through this valley. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to go through it. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to start whining all the way. You can't go around over and over and over, and I'm going to get to it. You can't go around the valley. You can't go over a valley. You can't go under a valley. You just got to go through the valley. Yeah. 
And I'm going to do it. I'm going to be deliberate about it. I refuse to get discouraged. If you're discouraged, you're choosing to be discouraged. I really mean that. Oh, I'm so down. No, no, no. Snap out of it. When I got out of my first surgery and I was getting stronger, I was there showing off to Cindy. Look, babe, I'm standing up. Look, I had one hand on the walker and the other one on the chair, and I would just push up and stand up, and she'd cheer me on. Way to go, Richard. Way to go. And after the second surgery, I couldn't even stand up. Her and Ashley would have to come and help me. Tomas and Pastor Michael were there, and they had to help me up. I couldn't even stand. I was getting discouraged, and Cindy goes, no, 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 no. You're not going to be getting discouraged on me. Quit being a whiner. No, no, no. You're a, you're a victor. You got the victory. You can't choose to be discouraged. You got to choose who you're going to listen to. Which voice are you going to listen to? The voice of the Lord or the voice of the devil? You're going through a valley right now. Aren't you scared? Oh, hey, look, it's dark. Oh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers. Oh, my gosh. And we... We hear all kinds of craziness in our head. Instead of focusing on the valley, we need to focus on the Lord. The light is coming down. That's why there's a shadow. If there's a shadow, you can't have a shadow without light. So he's saying, man, quit looking at the negative and start choosing to make a change in your mind and your thinking. Choosing is a deliberate act. I choose not to be discouraged. My God is walking with me. He is for me. And if he is for me, nothing could be against me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, it says, So we also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy. So focus on God's power instead of the problem. Haven't you ever seen two people that could go through the exact same situation and one, man, they persevere, they persevere, they, they're like the little train that can't. I know I can, I know I can, I know I can because I'm a Mexican, Mexican, Mexican. <laughs> and the other ones just give up. I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Shut up at your mouth. We cannot be discouraged. Another thing, if you're going through a valley, remember that God's with you. He goes, for you are with me. I shall not fear, for you are with me. Not only does God promise his power, he promises his presence. He's not just giving you strength. He's there walking with you. You're never alone. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 2, it says, when you go through the deep waters, you, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Glory to God. Isn't that an awesome promise? So hold on to that. Believe it. He's saying... Don't fear. Jesus is near. He's right there. God doesn't say, well, I hope you make it. No, he says, I will be with you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Thank you, God, you're with me. 
in the first few verses, David's talking about God. But now he's talking about the solution. He said, man, you're going to be there with me. The shadow's casting down. The sun's casting down on me, and it's casting a shadow. And the, 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 the ultimate power of God, that ultimate power becomes an intimate power of God. And, and you got to let the ultimate become intimate. You got to let religion become a relationship. You got to really make sure that you, you, you take this valley and cry out to God. Don't just cry out and, and, and be a whiner about it. I'm going through a valley, I'm going through a valley. No, God, I'm going through a valley, but I know you are with me. That rod and they staff, they comfort me. Thank you, God, that you are with me. I'm going to make it through this. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'll tell you what, I'm holding on to your hand, and you're going to lead me through. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 10, it says, don't be afraid of what you are about, uh, about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Some of you are going through valleys right now, health issue valleys, valleys of cancer, valleys of biopsies, valleys of diabetes, valleys of of, of breast imaging that you have to go back for. They said, you came to the doctor and you were feeling all good and now they're saying you're all jacked up. And you're going, what happened? What happened? You're in a valley, but I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. And he says, you know what? You remain faithful and I'm going to give you a crown of life. I'm I'm going to see you through this. And, and, and another thing you need to do when, when you're going through a valley, don't just don't get discouraged and, and, and don't just remember that God's with you, but you've got to rely on God's protection and guidance. Rely on his protection and guidance. Look, it says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. These are the basic tools of every shepherd, a rod and a staff. You know what the rod was? It was a two-inch almost like a baseball bat, like what a cop might use, the old billy clubs. And it was a two-inch thing, but it had like a ball at the top. They carved this out. And, and the reason it had a ball is, man, they literally used this rod like a bullet, man. If an, an animal was trying to mess with one of the sheep, man, they'd shoot that rod out and, boom, man, kill animals or hurt them really bad. Do you know that they used to call guns? Hey, man, let me see your rod. They used to call a pistol a rod, and they got it from that. God is protecting us. He's protecting us with his rod. He's watching out for us. He's calling out for us. God fights for you. He said, let me watch out for you. Let me take care of those enemies. Let me scare off and shoo off the no-good-for-nothing demons that are trying to take you down and haunt you and and mess with you. They have no dominion over you. I'm going to take them down, and I'm going to... And you know what? I have a staff, and the staff was a long stick, and it had really like... You see Mary... What's her name? Little Bo Peep? 
It, it was like that. It, it was a staff that had like a hook on it. And the reason they had that is because they could guide the sheep. Hey, we're going to go eat over here. And, and hey, hey, over here, over here. And if they fell in the ditch like the Sunday, if you were here, you saw the video, they, they, they could pull them out. See, they, they use that to protect and the comfort and the guide. They would use it to draw the sheep near them. At night, the sheep were all hovered in and, and, and the dog would round them up and they'd sleep real close together to make sure that a, a wild animal, a, a coyote, a wolf, a, a lion or a bear or something wouldn't come and take them away. And, and the, the staff and the rod, they comfort me. That rod and staff, they protect me. They shield me. And when you're down, the Lord will pick you up. When you're in danger, he will take care of you. There's hope in Jesus Christ. And then he says, and though you walk through the valley of the shadow, have you ever noticed shadows could be scary? Have you ever made shadows? <laughs> shadows could appear bigger than what the, what the thing is. You could have a little kid like this big, and they're going, ooh, and it looks like a big old giant. And you turn around, and he's just a little six-year-old kid having fun, making shadows. Shadows can be deceiving. They can project bigger problems than what they really are. They can't hurt you. A shadow can't hurt you. That's why when they call for a boxer, they call it shadow boxing. What are they? You're, 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 you're just fighting the air. You're not fighting anyone. You're, you're fighting the air. And, and sometimes you and I are fighting the air and we're, we're extinguishing every bit of ounce of our energy fighting something that doesn't even exist. Thank God nobody here does that, but I've heard a lot of people that do. You know people like that, don't you? They're all shook up. Oh, you don't understand. You don't understand. You're like, oh my gosh, I've been through that. Calm down. It's only a shadow. It's not as big as what you think. It's not going to hurt you. Images are images. They're without substance. They don't have any substance to them. There is no shadow without light source someplace. So if you have a shadow, remember that the light is Jesus Christ, and that means he is near. So for, focus on him and turn to him and turn your attention to the light and not at the shadow. Turn your back to the shadow. Turn, turn your face to the light. The shadow falls behind you. It dissipates. If you look at the world it's distressing. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm still so heartbroken over the tornadoes that went through Mississippi. Have you seen the devastation? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you can't even believe it. It just looks like a dump site. Yeah. People have lost everything, including life. And then right after that, some idiot goes into a Christian elementary school and shoots three little nine-year-old girl kids. Three adults, just because. And I'm like, God. And one of them was the pastor's daughter. See, the devil comes after leaders. 
If you're a leader, that's why the devil's haunting you and that's why he's coming after you. He wants to take down the whole flock. He wants to do his damage and he wants to hurt the head. And when he gets the head, he can take down the whole body. But let me tell you something. Greater is God who lives in us than he who lives in the world. This church is not built on Richard Mansfield. This church is built on Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Someday I will die, but this church will live on for his name and sake. Man, if, if you look within, man, if you look at the world, you're going to get distressed. If you look in, you're going to get depressed. Because you know your shortcomings. You know that sometimes you're still dealing with the stuff you've been dealing with for a long time. Some of you have given your life a long time ago and you're still cussing. And you're like, oh, blankety blank, what's wrong with me? I got God. God, I'm blankety blankety blanking. And go, yeah, I noticed. Aren't you going to blankety blank do anything about it? And you go, I'm really trying, but your blankety blank's getting in the way. We're still struggling because you look inside and you're trying to make the changes on your own. We can't do it on our own. You can't. You've you got to trust in the Lord. See, you've got to look to Christ and you'll be at rest. So if you look at the world, you're going to be in distress. If you look within, you're going to be depressed. But if you look at the Lord, you're going to be at rest. You're going to be like, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to make it through this. I'm going to get through this no matter what. God is going to see me through because you know what? He has promised to be with me. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, my God is with me. He is with me and his rod and staff, they comfort me. And you know what? I'm going to trust in him. Some of you are going through the valley of a bad, filthy mouth. Some of you have bad conscience. You're always thinking you, you could turn anything simple and even holy nasty. It's like, what's wrong with you? Some of you are going through the valley of alcoholism. I remember that battle. Some of you are going through the valley of drug addiction. Some of you are going through the valley of gossiping. And all you do is gossip, 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 gossip. I don't say that. You're turning right now to somebody next to you. I, I bet you the pastor's trying to talk about me right now. Like, what's wrong with us? Stop it. In Psalm 34, verse 19, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Thank you, Jesus. Listen to me, church. Christians go through valleys. Christians do. Everyone does, but Christians do too. We suffer, we have sickness, we have marital problems, financial problems, all kinds of problems. Problems with our kids, problems with our parents, problems with one another. Yet God is with us. And the difference isn't the absence of a valley, but the, it's the presence of God. He doesn't just give you his power, but his presence. And God's going to walk you through it. And he's going to see you through. And some of you have never put your trust in Jesus. You've never cried out to him. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, oh, you love God, and you know him from a distance, but you've never really surrendered, 
and you want to do that today, raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to do that. Is there anyone here that's never done that, that wants to do that? Anyone? Then let's pray. All of us, let's come before God. Would you stand to your feet and pray? Maybe you're going through a difficult time right now. You're going through a valley. You might be going through a situation you feel overwhelmed, and you need prayer. Make your way up to pray. Make your way up to say, God, I'm coming up as a sign of surrender. I'm coming up as a a sign that I need strength far beyond myself. I'm coming up to say, God, I really need you. So make your way up right now. There's people that want to pray with you. They want to put just an encouraging word into your heart, into your spirit. Would you make your way up as we sing this song and then we're going to pray. Just cry out to God. Trust in him. Put your hope in him. Say, God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you for what you're about to do. Sing them out with us. It welcomes me, the kindness of mercy then part with blood wholeheartedly, my soul undeserving. God, you're so Sing it out as a prayer, would you? Yes, he is. He really, truly is. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. I am whole. I am healed. I am whole. I am saved
your surrender now. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the goodness of your mercy, the goodness of your love. Though we walk through the valley of darkness, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thank you for the promise you give us the promise of your power and the promise of your presence. We love you, Lord. I pray for everyone watching online and everyone in this room that God, whatever we've surrendered, we don't pick back up, but we're free of in Jesus' name. And God's people shout out, amen. Amen. We love you, church. God bless you. Be blessed. We'll see you on Sunday.